0: So, welcome to the Jew 3 Project Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew 3
1: Project.
0: Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jew 3 Project. And today we have a very special guest, Dr. George Yancey. Welcome, Dr. Yancey. Hi. So um, if you would uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I'm a sociology professor at the University of North Texas. Uh, I'm also a Christian, so that's a very interesting combination. Uh, Having gone to graduate school, uh, I prepared myself before I went to graduate school. I went to graduate school at the University of Texas. Uh, because I know, I knew that there would be a lot of, if not hostility, it wasn't, I don't think hostility was quite as sharp at that point in time, but still a lot of resistance to my Christian faith. And so I, I did a lot of reading up on, on, you know, why I believed what I believed and And, and, you know, and when the doubts came, I I had the intellectual answers. So, uh, so I kept my Christian faith all through grad school and, and, you know, still, still going strong, uh. But as I studied, uh, my, my original research was on things such as race, ethnicity, uh, multiple churches, interracial families, racial identity. Mm-hmm. But being a Christian in academia, I also noted uh, some of, you know, it wasn't just that people disagreed with Christianity. There was uh, a resentment that I thought was unwarranted. Mm-hmm. And so the last four or five years, I've been focusing on studying anti-christian bias, and and it first started off in academia, and now uh, I've done research of anti-christian bias in general. Uh, The the term that I've adopted for it, uh, and it may not be the best term, but it's the best one I can think of at this point, is Christianophobia. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh,
1: And you can think of that similar to uh, Islamophobia as well, uh, uh, unrealistic hatred or fear of Christians. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so that's where I've come from with some of the, my, uh, recent, more recent writings.
0: What, um, what's the difference? I know you wrote, um, more of a, a book on a more academic, towards academics. And now you've, you've kind of done one that's, um, more Christ, from a Christian perspective. Um, is that true with the your right. older well, book? environment. Uh,
1: I wrote that book for Christians because... You know, I don't think my academic books are. Of course, I would say this, being that this, you know, I wrote the book. I don't think they're super hard to read, but I've been told by others that you know there's enough technical information in there that, uh, and some of the academic style of writing sometimes is not as as accessible. And also, I wanted a book where I talk to my fellow Christians, which I can't do in an academic book because the purpose of an academic book is not to talk to fellow Christians; it's to disseminate information, knowledge, theorize. Uh, You know, this sort of stuff. So I want a book where I could just sort of be a little bit more myself, use more personal stories, talk more from my heart uh, to my Christian brothers and sisters about Christianophobia, Uh, you know, allude to the evidence that I had uh, discovered through my research, but I didn't want to focus on just that. And so that's why I wrote Hostile Environment.
0: Mm -hmm. And why do you think? that there is uh, this phobia as it relates to um, Christians in the U.S.
1: You know, I think there's, a mo- there's multiple reasons why why there is. Uh, some of it probably is the actions of, of some Christians. Uh, some of it is, and this is just basic, what we know in sociology, uh, that groups like to protect their own interests by demonizing other groups. And so when you look at who tends to have Christianophobia. They tend to be relatively powerful. They're they're white. They're male. They're they're wealthy. They're they're highly educated. And in some ways, a Christian morality, you know, I think it threatens them in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so, uh, you know, once we feel threatened, we'll find reasons to hate that which threatens us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's what we call group interest theory. That that's there mm-hmm. as well. So, uh, <clears throat> and you know, if we want to get you know, theologically, what might be happening is that if you want to engage in behaviors that are that are that Christians are, are not moral and uh, you don't want to feel guilty about that. Well, one way to feel, not feel guilty about that is to demonize Christians and say, well, you know, look at them. They're they're awful people. So why should I listen to their sense of morality?
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of using a person's failure as a reason not to correct your behavior.
1: Correct. Exactly.
0: Um, how do you see that a lot with people that, um, left the church or, uh,
1: you know, I don't, I really can't tell how, what percentage of this is people who left the church. I I do know that there's a good percentage that never went to church. Uh, and in fact, one of my suspicions—I have some evidence, but I don't have as, enough to really strongly say this—but I suspect that a lot of Christianophobia comes out of not knowing Christians. I do know that we find it more on the in the west west coast, uh, which is heavily unchurched.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, some some, some Christianophobia comes from people who went to church, uh, had a bad experience, perhaps you know, and there are some Christians who do other people wrong. Uh, we we can't deny that. Uh, we've probably been done wrong by other Christians before. Uh, and, and that happens. But I think some of it is we don't know a group of people. Then you can create all these stereotypes and all these images that don't comport to reality. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a big part of it as well.
0: I read a, a recent article. I was actually reading it last night and I, I thought it was really helpful. You you wrote an article for a. Uh on forgiveness and the and how that's um, a, a reflection of the moral decline in the U.S. in the West um, is that tied into your your studies from from studying the Christian of Christian phobia?
1: You Yeah, know, that probably is not as much uh, study of phobia. It is sort of you know more of a basic apologetics because uh, as I uh, you know, when we think about secular societies, a lot of times people look at these secular societies and they say, well, these are so wonderful. And I think they're wonderful in part because, uh, they're taking some of the morality from their, from the Judeo Christian ethic and they're able to keep some of it. But as societies move away further and further away from that ethic, then they're going to become truly more secular. And then the question becomes, what is a secular morality? And my observation is that, uh, Single morality doesn't include forgiveness. Uh, that that uh, if you think about it, uh, just rationally, uh, a humanist philosophy is that humans are perfectible. And if humans are perfectible, then why aren't we perfect? Uh, and when you're not perfect, then there should be sanctions to make sure that you that you become perfect and others around you see that and become perfect. And for example, let me just use it as an example. If you're a humanist, that's Really, based on your humanism on feminism, then perfectibility is a sort of feministic ideas about males and females and, 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 you know, all that sort of stuff. And so, anyone who violates that, uh, who, uh, uses language that is considered non feminist or who does something that's considered non feminist, they must be punished in order that other people can see that you have to act in a feministic way. And so, I do think that 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 a second value is non forgiveness, and I couldn't find the best term for it. Uh, I, you know, mercilessness is one term that I come across. I'm not I'm not satisfied with that, but I think do think there's something in secular society that says that we don't forgive uh, if you met, if you mess up, so don't mess up.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what what I find interesting about that, as I was reading your article, those who um, I think I always say this, we always want mercy when when um we're on trial, but we always want justice when it's somebody else on trial, and
1: yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think you're I think you're totally correct and and uh, and so in my in my blog, I use examples, not just you know, I don't know if I use any Christians in my examples, I use examples, oh yeah, I use Duger, but I use two examples that were not Christians people, so secular people don't forgive other secular people. Who mess up, uh, but I, you know, if you get in that sort of situation, I guess I have a certain amount of sympathy, even you know, for all but the very, very worst of individuals. I mean, I probably have less sympathy for people who are murderers and rapists, obviously, but someone who says something that's intemperate in or improper or out of anger, because I, I tend to think, well, that could, you know, in a bad moment, that could be me, uh, and so, uh, and so, I think that helps me to have a more forgiveness that uh, that. I wonder about some of my secular friends who show less willing to forgive those who have messed up in our in our Christian vernacular who have sinned.
0: Mm hmm. And but it's amazing because in our secular society, every everybody like rushes to say, I'm not perfect, but they expect perfection.
1: I do think there is something out there now. I don't think this value is fully developed because we still live in a, in a society that's influenced by Christians and we still have that Christian ethic in there, even though it's, it's decreasing. But you, you know, my wondering is, you know, what's our society going to be a hundred years from now or if it, or societies in Europe a hundred years from now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if we don't retain some religious influence, will we become a more mercilessness society?
0: Mm-hmm. How do you think that will look? As a society, do you think that will cause us to self-destruct? Uh,
1: you know that that's a very interesting question. I, I do think it would be uh, a less kind society. I, you know, I I'll give you a, a good example, and this is obviously an example of someone that <clears throat> you know that I would have problems with personally. But the uh, the Clippers owner, uh, or now, now his name escapes me, uh, Sterling. You know what he said was was horrible, but the way he was caught was he was taped on his phone. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I hope that we could be a, a nuanced enough people that we can understand that, you know, not liking the person, but be very upset by the fact that now if we talk on our phone to someone who is not a public figure, but you know, and once again, I'm not excusing, obviously this person, you know, talking to his mistress, but still, He's on the phone with someone that he cares about, and that's being taped. And now that's used to to punish him. Uh, there's technology today. I, I don't want to sound too science, science fictionist, but there's technology today. We can hear people in their own in their own homes. Mm-hmm. Are we going to the point where we're going to do that? Uh, you know, not today, obviously, but hundred years from now. I mean, you can imagine if this real trend really takes off. Uh, was for a of society we could have and it wouldn't be one it'd be one in which we are always have to be on our toes because we're constantly in danger of being judged uh you know and, and you know i can't say that that's where we're going to go but i can see that as a possibility in a society where we don't have mercy upon others
0: Mhm. yeah that's a good that's a good assessment i think um what is the biggest um, thing you want people to take away when reading your book?
1: Well, you know, in my book, uh, <clears throat> I really try for a middle ground approach. Uh, I think some Christians are too quick to talk about being persecuted here in the United States. Now, I'm not talking about Christians around the world, but here in the United States. Uh, I don't see what's happening as persecution. But on the other hand, I think there are Christians who may even feed into some of the, this Christianophobia, uh, by either conducting it themselves or by trying to blow it off, saying, oh, Christians are just complaining. And I know it's not, it's not, that's not the case either. There are very real consequences to Christianophobia. And some of my earlier research uh, in academia has demonstrated some of those consequences that Christians have a hard time getting a job in academics because of Christianophobia. And so I want a middle ground approach. Yes, it's a problem. No, it's not persecution. What do we do about it? Uh, how do we operate now in a in a society where Christianity is does not have dominant power? <clears throat> how do we protect ourselves? One of the things that people with Christianophobia want to do is kick Christians out of the public square uh, so that we have to keep our faith in our churches and in our homes. How do we assert our rights not to do- take over or dominate, but to stay in the public square? Uh, so these are some of the issues that we have to think about. And I don't pretend to have all the answers. Uh, in some ways I'm just presenting the questions Mm -hmm. but it's serious questions that we have to to consider Uh, and we have to know that there are people out there that that had this unreasonable hatred or fear I I think one of the values of the book uh, from from Christians who may not always agree with all my solutions is that what they suspected to be true has been validated Uh, they suspected that they've been treated differently because they're Christians even though people have told them no they're not we're just treating you the same but my research, I think, validates that, yes, there is there is this bias against Christians and it can lead you to be treated differently. So I think that there's a value in that and just even just that
0: for the book. hmm. And and something that really um, kind of made my will start turning Um You said that that um, people in the West kind of want to keep Christians out of the out of the public square, kind of isolate our faith. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What are some things you think us as Christians can do about that?
1: Uh, in some ways, that we, uh, Christians may have to be smarter as far as their political battles. Uh, I also think that uh, a key is Christians going into the cultural centers of our society. That you know, At one point, Christians can have their, could have their own universities, their own media, their own entertainment, their own artwork. And not worry about going to the mainstream areas. Those days are, are gone. Uh, we need Christians in academia. We need Christians in Hollywood. We need Christians who uh, in, in media. Uh, we need Christians who work at the New York Times. Now, I'm not saying that Christians don't, but we need more of them. Because, you know, going back to what I said before, I think part of this is that people have not been exposed to Christians. Well, if you have Christians in academia and, and in the arts and in media, then people are exposed to Christians. We can help shape, you know, I can help shape some of the research that is generated. Uh, People in the, Christians in the arts can help shape some of the artwork that's generated in the media, likewise. Uh, These are, it's very important that Christians don't run away from the cultural centers, even though today uh, they are quite hostile towards Christians. But we, we have to move towards those cultural centers, not to take them over once again, but to influence them. So that we can protect ourselves more against the effects of Christianophobia. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I know you said there's a unfair, um, kind of stigma against Christians in the academic world. Have you been personally able to, um, kind of combat that?
1: Well, I've been very fortunate where I've, where I've been at, uh, you know, my research shows me systematically that there is a problem, uh, I think for a variety of reasons, I've I'm not I'm not going to say that I've escaped it completely, but it's been minimized in some ways. I mean, I do have a couple of incidents that show me that, yeah, this bias is was there against me as a Christian. But, uh, you know, in my job, I I do what I do, what's required of me. I publish, I teach, I do service. So and, you know, I tend to get along with people pretty well. Uh, I think I'm fortunate to be in an area of the country where uh, where even though on campus it may be, there may be some anti-Christian hostility, the, the surrounding community and state, it's not there, and so people adopt to that, and so that probably protects me a little bit. Uh, so, you know, I've never said, and I, I would not say unless things change, that you cannot succeed as a Christian in academia. It's going to be harder for you to, to succeed as a christian in academia uh and so you know that's the challenge that we have as we, as we look at this
0: have you found um in your research with um with race relations and christian christianophobia have you found any similarities or any things that kind of are the same in the way um people african americans are are um kind of um stigmatized um, versus christians
1: you know, I, th- I think that whenever you're looking at any sort of the ism, sexism or phobias, uh, you know, there are certain similarities. I mean, prejudice tends to take a certain similar format. Uh, now, the way it manifests itself may be different, but stereotyping and prejudice and hatred. I mean, I think you find that in both. Uh, it, th- there is different manifestations. And so let- I want to be very clear. Uh, racism is not Christophobia. Uh, there are there are some key differences, but I I just think that the human part of the human condition is to not like or to hate those that are different from you, and that's true in racism and that's true in Christianophobia and that's true in sexism. That's true in in a lot of the uh, the problems we have in our society.
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah. It's definitely not the same, but I can see how people, you know, that prejudice people don't like people that are different. So. Yeah. that um is one of the things across the board um, what do you think as as Christians you say that you know we kind of think we're being persecuted in the. US uh, what what do you what would you tell a Christian who who thinks they've been been persecuted on their job? what does real persecution look like to you as yeah. a sociologist?
1: Now, they may have faced discrimination in their job. I'm, I'm, you know, unless I have all the facts, I would never tell a, a Christian, oh, no, you've not been discriminated on your job, because I know it happens. Uh, how often it happens, we don't know, but uh, I know in academia it happens. Uh, and there's been a couple of court cases that show that it does happen. So I would not say that they, they don't face discrimination. Persecution, I mean, think about the, what's happening, say, in the Middle East, where where people are going to churches and burning them down and throwing Christians in jail for being a Christian, are killing Christians. Uh, you know, that's the bar that I think about when I think about the persecution. And it, is, it happens today. Unfortunately, it's happened in the past. Uh, unfortunately, it will probably happen in the future. When I say to, so I would tell that person, you know, look, you may well have faced discrimination. And, and if you want to say that you have and, and we have some evidence, you know, and let's do something about that. But persecution, when, when you say you're being persecuted, you're comparing yourself to the Christian who's dragged out of his or her home and thrown in jail or, you know, executed or has the church burnt down. And unless those things are happening to you, uh, you should not. Well, I'll give you a good, a good analogy. Uh, I remember a few years ago, there was professional, I think football players are talking about how they couldn't put up with their owners because it felt like slavery. Mm-hmm. now they're they're African Americans, but I'm saying you don't know what slavery is. you know, making millions of dollars to play a child sport is not slavery even if the even if that owner is a jerk and even if that owner's done some 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 bad things, you know granted, that's not slavery. Learn what slavery is, but don't use that term in that context. What you do then is that you uh cheapen the people who who actually were slaves. And so I think when we use persecution in the United States, we actually cheapen Christians who legitimately face persecution around the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what would you want to leave with our listeners who are listening? What would be your final words to Christians and well, non-Christians?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess it will be two final words, you know, as far as, you know, each, It'll be different for, for each. Uh, for the non for non Christians, uh, I would just challenge them to engage in self introspection. I mean, they challenge Christians to do that, but I think that some of them would want to, need to need to do that themselves, and not merely blow off uh, Christianophobia because they think, well, Christians they're the majority. Uh, I know I've heard the arguments, uh, you know, many times. You know, we only have Christian presidents, therefore, there's no problems. Look at the research in academia. Uh, to take a look at you know my research and other research in certain areas of our society there is a problem of of mistreatment uh, discrimination of bias against Christians whatever term you want to use that is a real problem uh, and you know if you if you want Christians to be honest about problems of other groups then it seems to me it behooves you to be honest about problems Christians may face in certain areas uh, as far as Christians I think once again, I think that we have to be smart uh, about where we're at. Uh, you know, I think we have to avoid the extremes. I think we have to avoid thinking that we're going to are we're going to take the country back. Or we're going to be the moral majority once again, and and yada yada. That's not happening. Uh, I think we have to avoid the extreme of okay, we're just going to pull into our little enclave and and protect our kids and and not influence society. I think what we my my approach is let's be in the society. Let's create our own communities. Uh, you know, uh, love one another in these communities, not communities like the Amish away. Communities in our own neighborhoods, uh, and show people our love. Let's also uh, go and and fight for for inclusion in the in the in the public square. Uh, let's let's if you're called to be within the in these cultural institutions. And make a real difference. And let's not think that things are going to change overnight because they're not. But maybe over time, people will really see what our faith is all about and we can make, create some really meaningful changes and maybe even reverse some of this tie to Christianophobia that we see in our society.
0: Amen. Where can, um, Dr. Yancey, where can people find out more about your research and where can they get your book?
1: All right. Uh, you can get my book. Uh, it's uh, the latest books, University Press. And so you can uh, just go to their website or go to Christian books or go to Amazon. Uh, as far as my, my, me, uh, my email address is georgeyancey.com. G-E-O-R-G-E-Y-A-N-C-E-Y.com. And so you can see some of the other books that I've written and some of the things that I'm doing right now. Or if you want to contact me, uh, there, there's a, uh, There's an email uh, device in that website. So that's probably the easiest way to start learning a little bit about what I do. Uh, And then, you know, I'll be happy to have people contact me and hopefully uh, can work with them.
0: Awesome. And his latest book is called Hostile Environment Understanding and Responding to Anti Christian Bias. And thank you again, Dr. Yancey, for being with us. Remember, you can check out all our past episodes at www ju3 projectcom backslash podcast you can also um, check us out by on iTunes by searching g3 project you can check us out on um, instagram at ju3 project on twitter at g3 project and on facebook at facebook.com backslash g3 project we now have the option that you could donate to help financially support Um, the Jude three project. Uh, We just thank you so much. Remember at the Jude three project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.